0: I want to go into the new things that God has for me, so I'm going through everything that God told me to do this year, and I'm looking over my notes and looking over my personal stuff and praying and asking the Holy Spirit, what did I miss? Because I want I want to close out the chapter correctly. I don't want the year to close out and I still got going into 2020 with with 2019 instructions that I haven't completed. So there's so so as we close this year out, don't be so. Um, enamored by the gifts and the season that you don't spend time in prayer asking god what do i need to do as i close out the year what do i need to personally do as, as, as i close out the year so let's pray father thank you for your word we thank you that we've come to hear your word we thank you for this time of fellowship thank you for the time of worship we just ask that you holy spirit take over give us what to say God speak to your people today we thank you that your word will have free course we thank you for the signs and wonders that shall follow your word on this day we thank you that your word will bless your people and it will take us to another level in you draw us closer to you Lord Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen 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 all right so we, we're in this just just Jesus series we we, uh, we started how many were here on Tuesday night Tuesday was wonderful we started talking about true transformation everybody say true transformation. Come on, say it again. True transformation. And what we did was we started we started talking about the, the, um, the difference between change and transformation, change and transformation. You all remember that? When we started talking about that, we said that uh, let, let's let's jump through our, our definition because I want you to know this. I want you to get this in your spirit. We said the transformation is God taking you from one side of living and thinking, which is carnal, to the other side of living and thinking that is spiritual. God, through through transformation, the word transform means to reshape or rearrange your life and your mind, to rearrange and reshape your life and your mind. So so the essence of, of what transformation is, is transformation comes so that everything that, that you've done your way ends and you start doing things God's way. That That's when you're going to start to see a change take place and, and transformation is going to bring a newness to you that many people are looking to get, but they're trying to find it through change. So we kind of talked about that on, 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 on Tuesday night, and let's, let's recap just for a couple of minutes. We said that transformation is a process, but watch this, it shouldn't take a lifetime for that process to be completed. A lot of times we, 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 uh, we, we make transformation the excuse on why we haven't, we haven't moved past where we are. When the truth is that what we said on Tuesday night is that change has to be your portion. Yes. You have to, you have, you, somebody say change is, what I have to do. change is what I have to do. Now watch, change is what we do. Transformation is what God does. Yes. And what we said on Tuesday night is that the doorway to transformation is through change. So, so, so a lot of us are expecting God to transform us. Lord, tra- just do a do a work on me. The Bible says, uh, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." You can't, you can't do that. You can you can change your mind, but you can't transform your mind. Oh Lord. So, so uh, a lot of that we we talked about on Tuesday night. We we talked about that. Um, a lot of people have stalled in in, in their level of a tra- process of transformation because they've traded in transformation for change so the more i'm the more i'm changing people call that transformation so they stop the process of transformation because they see that things are things are changing because let me tell you something when you start when you start the process of changing making up your mind i'm not going to do this i'm not going to say that i'm not going to go into this i know this is going to lead me over here when you start doing that things are going to start getting better for you when you make a decision, I'm going to cut this person off. This this person is the reason why I always fall over here. I'm going to stop doing this over here. I'm going to stop overeating. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop using these words. I'm going to. When you when you start doing that, you're going to see things are going to start getting better because change brings about everything to start becoming new. But new it, new, as far as we know it, is only things getting is really different. Yeah. Right. It's really just different. So if I if all I've eaten is junk food. And, I'm, and I eat junk food. Now I'm eating fruits and vegetables only. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be a lot different. Amen. Amen. My energy is going to start shooting back up through the roof. Amen. My blood sugar is going to go down. Amen. My eyesight is going to get better. Right. I'm going to start seeing that there are going to be things that are going to start happening. And I'm going to experience things I've never experienced before. Right. But transformation is that I have to not want. We talked about this on Tuesday. Not want that food any longer. That I was eating. But the problem with change is that change always change is just a modification of behavior. Right. So I'm gonna stop doing this, I'm gonna stop this. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. But what we said was that when something has become a habit for you, yeah. when something is a habit, the way you do things, the way you respond, out of fear, out of the fear of the unknown, the way you respond to, to circumstance, the way you respond in situations, the way you respond in relationships, that, that if, if, if it's if it's embedded in you and all you all you want is change, eventually you're going to go back to it. Eventually you're going to say, you know what? I'm trying. It's going to be a difficult thing to continue. To live in change is hard to do. That's why the Bible doesn't say, be changed by the renewing of your mind. It says be transformed. But you don't get the transformation until you accept change. So th- th- is that making sense? Are we all there? When you accept change, it's going to be a rough ride. Look at y'all, like, what? It's a rough ride because, because what you're doing is you're telling yourself, no, you're doing this. Paul says, I, I beat this body and I bring it under subjection. Why? Because I want transformation. So when he's saying, I bring this body under subjection, what he's saying is that I'm changing. Can somebody shout that I'm changing? Don't go into 2020 talking about God knows my heart. And use that as the template for you to act a fool in 2020. God knows my heart. He knows I'm trying. He knows I'm trying to do the right thing. No, no, the Bible says your heart is deceitfully wicked. Amen, amen. The template for 2020 is I'm going to change until he transforms. Say, I'm going to change until he transforms. There comes a time in the middle of change where, where the struggle is going to be to go back to the old you. To go back to something that, 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 that has been you up until now. This is why anytime you're starting to change you need to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. Because this is the entry that gets you in the transformation. If all I'm trying to do is change for the sake of changing to say I don't do this no more then I'm, I'm going to mess up. And the other thing we said on Tuesday night is is that eventually in change, if all you rely on is change, eventually what you're gonna do is say, I've been good for a long time. I ain't messed up in in you you keep a you keep a record, it's a track record, like I, two months, oh Lord, this is the longest I've ever not done this. Three months, oh Lord. Six months, oh I know he's real. Seven months. Seven months, two days, you listen. I've been good for a long time. It's my birthday weekend. I need to turn up at least once. Come on, y'all. Y'all know I'm telling you. And what people do is when we feel like we have, we have done good for a long time and we're old a day off, we jump back into whatever it was that we were changing from. We jump right back into it, and then we come out of it and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, your grace covers me. Lord, just Lord, forgive me, Lord. Please, Lord, just Lord. You know my heart. You know I'm trying my best. You know I, It's been it was seven seven months and two days, and that's what we do. And the reason we do that is because we are living in change. We haven't progressed into transformation. So the more you start changing, is the more you have to start asking the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Help me to transform out of this so that I can see the new me emerge. There is a you inside of you that you haven't seen yet. There is a, I'm going to say it again, there is a you inside of you that you haven't seen yet. There is a you inside of you that you have subdued the old you. You put handcuffs on the old you. You tied up the old you in you. But that old you is still susceptible to coming up. If you haven't lived and progressed through the Holy Ghost into transformation, the old you can pop up and break through the change and be like, look, here I am, ta-da! You're like, wait a minute, I thought I got rid of you. I thought I went through deliverance. I thought God healed me from this. I thought this was over. What happened was you subdued it because you started changing and you lived and changed for so long that you never progressed into transformation. All right. So we, we, we kind of talked about that on Tuesday night. And um, let's get to t- today's stuff. So we, the last thing we said was, how do you know when true transformation occurs? How do you know when true transformation comes? And this is the answer we gave. When you no longer want to do what you used to do. When you no longer behave how you used to behave or even want what you used to have. That's when you start realizing that you're going through transformation. That's when you know it. When everything about you is no longer you. One of the biggest indicators of transformation is when a person stops living by their emotions and their feelings. Now, it doesn't mean that your, your emotions and feelings ain't going to fight you because you ain't never going to feel like praying. You're never going to feel like fasting. You're never going to feel like coming to church all the time. You're ne- Some days you'll be like, I'm going to church. Other days you're going to be like, look, I'm watching online today. They can, I'll, give my offering, I'll give my offering, I'll give them a five, but I but I, can, I don't feel like going up in there today. I don't feel like being there with the lights. I don't feel like nobody's yelling and screaming and no microphone in my ears. I don't feel like going through it today. Anybody been there besides me? Because I felt like that. I felt like that today. I don't feel like going in and screaming and hearing nobody else scream either. But transformation comes because, watch this, you stop living by what you feel. Because a lot of us, we feel a certain way, but we're gonna go get that check at work. Y'all quiet. Y'all real, come on, let's be real. You feel a whole lot of ways. You wake up in the morning, you're upset, you're <laughs> You're fighting yourself, but you know you got a five-minute window. <laughs> you know you got that five-minute window. You, can, you try to work through this, like, how can I not go in today? What can I do? What can I say? What I got to do? You go through that, but then, but then when that, like, a minute before, you like, let me start moving because I know if I don't, I'm going to be late. <laughs> y'all, come on. Y'all know I'm telling you. You like, I got to get moving because, you, you know, time is running, and they're they not going to give me a half a check on Friday. The devil's a liar. So watch this. You don't need transformation. Here's a point. You don't need transformation for carnal things. You're already privy to that. You already want to do that. So when it comes to doing carnal things, you don't need to be transformed because you're going to get up and go to work if you're sick. But the fight comes when you're not feeling that great and it's a day for church. even if you're feeling wonderful in this church that you're like I don't feel like going this is when transformation kicks in because anything that has to do with spirituality or, or being spiritual or, or your soul being fed or God delivering you your, the, 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 the carnal side of you is going to kick up against it the carnal side of you don't, does not want to pray does not want to read the Bible does not want to treat their neighbor right doesn't even want to talk to nobody that's the carnal side of you. It, the carnal side of you is selfish. We don't like to even want to say that, but it is. How do you know you're being carnal? When you're only thinking about yourself. That's, when you, that, that's, the highest, that's one of the highest forms of carnality. When it's only about me, what I want, how I feel, what I think about it. What, and that's when you realize I'm carnal because the question is, what does God think about it? What does God think about this action? What does God think about this person? What does God and and this this is this is how you graduate into into transformation. You have to be more concerned about what God thinks more than what than what you feel. Because most of us can't even get connected to God the right way because we don't care about His feelings. We can care less about his word. We can care less about what he said to us. The instruction he's given us. I know you told me to fast, but Lord, it's Christmas time. And I, no, no, no. See, that's when you realize you're carnal. Yes. Yes. Last year, last year this time, uh, uh, the Lord spoke to my wife and I said, fast for 40 days. We were sitting down and she said, you know, I feel, I, I feel like the fast, oh, I was going to tell you the same thing. And I I, I didn't want to tell her the Lord told me 40 days. <laughs> praying and she would be like, Lord told me 20. I was like, oh yeah, he said the same thing to me. Lord, forgive me. I'm being honest. That's what I was, I was, I was that's honestly. I am praying she's she going to be like, the Lord told me 10 days. I was like, "Whoa, you in the spirit? You are, and look at Jesus, you in the, girl, you in the spirit. 10 days is exactly, that's what he said to me. And I, whoop, he told me the same thing, 10 days. But, but, but he told me 40. And uh, she said, you know what? I feel my spirit. I said, oh, Lord, here we go. How many days? She said, 40. I said, oh. She said, what? What's the matter? I said, because he told me the same thing. And guess when He said it to us. The day after Thanksgiving, we fasted through Christmas dinner. Pastor Shea came over and was eating all the lasagna and the oxtails. And I'm sitting there going, the blood of Jesus prevails. said, you all right, Bishop? I said, mm-hmm. But inside I was saying, it's flesh, I bind you. You, you demon, come out. Through my birthday, January 1st, fasting, moving organs, painting, painting. Went, left here, went to Long Island and preached a revival. And you know, they said, you're not supposed to preach while you're fasting. You're supposed to be do that before. But the Lord told me, don't get off. And I preached, lightheaded, laid hand on folks. I almost fell out with them. Like. It was it was it was something the Lord said to do. But what he was doing was breaking out of me the last pieces of carnality. Because anytime you're going to move into sp- being spiritual, God's going to challenge you with how high your carnality is and what you're willing to give up. What are you willing to give up? In order to become spiritual. The church don't want to hear about that. No, tell me about the blessings I'm about to hit in 2020. No, you're gonna hit those blessings when you come out of being carnal. Right. You can't even see in the spirit when you when you're living in a carnal place because all, all you want to see is what you want to see. Right. Excuse, can you somebody clean this? I don't know why I'm just smudging my glasses. Off. Thank you. Uh, but that but whenever you, whenever you're in a carnal place, the only thing you're gonna see is what you want to see. Right. I'm going to say it again. When you're in a carnal place, the only thing you're going to see is what you want to see. Somebody can tell you, you know what, that's not the way the situation happened. It happened like this. No, I know how it happened. You can't convince a carnal person that, that the situation didn't happen this way because the only thing they saw is what their carnal eyes could show them. It's very hard for someone who is spiritual. Spiritual. To see a carnal situation and just want it. When you're spiritual, anything that's carnal it repels you. All right, I'll leave. I'll leave that alone. All right. So, so, um, you said that the change in you has to be has to be deep. It has to be has to be something inside of you, where where the carnal part of you has been excavated. The, par- the carnal side of you has to be taken out in order for you to see. Somebody say, Lord, Lord take, the stuff out of me take the stuff out of me that you don't need. <laughs> that he doesn't need. Because it's easy. it's easy for you to say, I need this. Okay. I'm good with this. But it's, somebody say, "What take, take out of me, take out of me. What, you what you don't need. How do you know that you've been transformed and transformation has started? Let's use this metaphor. You, you know that, you, that you're going through transformation when you, when you no longer want anything from your old life. The old way of doing things. Like every person in this room has a way about themselves. Has a way to their thinking. Has a way to their actions. And that way was formed before you got to God. Bible said there's a way that seems right to man. Thank you. There's a way that seems right to man, and the end of it is death and destruction. The way that you handled circumstances, the way that your mind processed, the way that you dealt with relationships before you came to God, before you got saved and turned your life over to him, that way has to die. That way has to drain out of you. That way has to be cut and excavated out of you. What a lot of people want to do is we want, we want half of that and, and a bigger part of God. I don't want to lose my street smarts. I don't want to lose, my, I don't want to lose all of the this, this, this stuff I, I had out there. I don't want to lose that. Because I don't, I, you know, like, 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 like becoming spiritual is, is going to make you dull as a, as a person. When the truth of the matter is that the more spiritual you become, the more keen you become in all of your senses. The more, you, the more you begin to see your discernment kicks up. The more you begin to know. The more you, come on, even your feelings start changing when you become spiritual. See, I don't want anything in my old life. It's amazing that a lot of people, a lot of people do this, and, and, and they do this unknowingly. But isn't it, isn't it amazing how, how an entire nation of people was set free from slavery, and the moment that things got the worst for them, the only thing they said was, send us back. Send us back to slavery. Send us back to having taskmasters send us back to being workers send us back send us back to, to being under somebody else's rule other than God's rule because they could not be spiritual enough to discern what God was doing right. it, okay. they're in a wilderness they're following a man so they think they're following a man who told them God is going to take you from here and take you into a place where into a land where there's milk and honey for you and he's going to give you your own land he's going to bless your families your children will never have to worry and God said he's going to do this for you but you got to follow me out of this strange place called slavery through a, through a wilderness into the promise and here they are following and the moment they're okay they're okay until until their emotions get the best of them They're okay until it's not making any sense anymore to them. It didn't make sense for them to be rescued, although they were praying. And the moment it doesn't make sense anymore is the moment that they start saying, we wish we were back under Pharaoh. You know how much of a slap in the face that is to God for Christians to say, I had it better. When I was in the world, doing it my way, doing things that I knew was going to take me out of here, connecting with the wrong people, it was better for me to be back there than to be here. People talk like that, watch this, when their mind hasn't been transformed to God's plan. And a lot of people, because we don't know God's plan, instead of going through change and transformation, what we do is we stay in a place of complaint and grumbling. We stay here like this is gonna help us. Somebody said, I have to graduate. When your desire is to go back to the old you in any form, you have not experienced any form of transformation yet. So how do how do we bring forth transformation? Write this down. I'm gonna help you, and then I'm gonna close with that. How do we bring forth transformation? Keep going. <laughs> Stop stopping. Too many people who stop when it seems like transformation isn't coming quick enough. In 2020, get yourself off of the timetable you put yourself on. Hear the word of the Lord. Get yourself out of the timetable that you put by the time I'm 25, this is what I'm going to. Don't do that. What if God, what if God's timetable is 29? you're going to spend the next four years in misery because you thought you were supposed to be somewhere at a time that was outside of God's timetable for you and a lot of Christians are miserable hear me, they're miserable because they put themselves on a timetable that God did not approve he says, he says, he says I know the thoughts I have for you I know what I want to do with your life I know where I'm trying to take you to why don't you just get transformed so you can connect with me because right now your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways But if your mind gets transformed you can get transformed from your earthly mind to the mind of Christ Then you'll know the times and the seasons for your life Then you'll start realizing wait a minute. This is not right, but God has all this in his hand Your word will change your verbiage will change how you view heart situations will change when your mind gets renewed renewed, but without without transformation and the renewal of the mind and even change, what happens is we're stuck in something that we hate. So we're saved by grace, but we hate it. I know I'm talking. Saved by grace. I'm saved because I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not saved to make a difference in somebody else's life. I'm only saved because, because God's holding me back from what I don't want, what I want to do. No, that's not you being saved. You're just changing. When God saved you, he had a plan in mind for you. He had a plan A only. Y'all gonna talk to me. He ain't had no plan B. Oh, that one ain't work out. You sin too much, so I'm going to move to plan B for you. He ain't say that. He only has a plan A for you. Your sin, help me here, your sin, your disobedience, your waywardness will not stop his plan. It may make it take a little longer, but he still has a plan. Somebody say, he still has a plan for me. Encourage yourself. Come on, I know you might have messed up all year, but somebody said He still has a plan for me. Come on, things might not look like they're coming together, but somebody shout, He has a plan for me. Now watch. Some of you may be delayed with the plan. You may be going around the long way to get to the plan, but let me help you today. The plan will be accomplished in your life. Watch it. Eventually, you're going to get tired of running. Eventually, you're going to get tired of telling God no. You're gonna get tired of seeing dead ends. You're gonna get tired of putting your all into a relationship that ain't going nowhere. You're gonna get tired of putting yourself into a business that ain't over. You're gonna get tired of coming to church and not seeing nothing happen. You ain't gotta switch a church, you just gotta get transformed here. I need something new. You don't need nothing new. You don't need a new praise team, a new musician. You don't need nothing new. That's, that's somebody who whose mind hasn't been changed. So they think a new environment is going to change them. A new environment ain't going to change you. A new environment is just going to be a new environment. It's going to be fun and exciting and electric because you ain't never been there before. But eventually in the new environment, the same you is going to emerge. You going to be the same liar there that you was here. You're going to be the same person there that you was at home. That's why, that's why I tell people, stop hiding who you are and get changed. And then move into transformation. You, ain't, you don't have to try to be something that... that <clears throat> you don't have to. I'm getting excited. You don't have to become somebody that you think we think you ought to be. That is, that is, that, that, that's something the church has done to people. I know y'all think that I'm going to be a preacher, so I'm going to act like a preacher. You ain't no, What if you ain't a preacher? God didn't call you to preach. What if your platform ain't a pulpit? That's so traditional thinking, traditional mindset. What if you are an apostle? (laughs) What if? What if if you are a deacon? What What if God really called you to be something? Watch this. And your ministry is going to go outside of the four walls of the church. Because we do need deacons in the church because we need order, but we need deacons out there because we need somebody to bring order to somebody else's life. We do need prophets in the church, but we need workplace prophets. Come on, we need prophets in business. We need prophets at the television studio. Come on, talk to me. We need come on. We, we need people who can who can who can hold the office in dual places in church, but then more so when we leave here. The issue is this. Don't try to be who you think we want you to be. The more, now hear me, the more transformed you become, the more the real you emerges. So a lot of people come to church and they feel out of place because they really don't know themselves yet. You really don't know you yet. You haven't you haven't come in contact with you yet. The only you you've been dealing with is hurt you. It's aggravated you. It's the you that, that moments and complains. That's the only you you've known. That's the only you we know. But the more you start going through transformation, we start to see a new you. And you start to see a new you. You're like, you're, 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 a lot of y'all, you're, in 2020, your clothes preference is going to change. Your hair going to change. You're like, what in the world's going on? I'm free. <laughs> Let me here alone. Say, keep going everybody who starts and change has to be convinced that they want transformation if you start changing you have to say i'm only changing because i want something better than this that means you got to get sick and tired of being where you've been and something inside of you has to step up and say there's more for me in 2020 than i've ever seen before and it's going to come because i'm going to start changing say i'm changing Come on, you got to say it. I'm going to start changing. But watch it. Everybody who starts in change doesn't follow through into transformation. So what most people do is they change enough so that they can see better days. They change enough so that they can see better circumstances. They change enough so that they can see better relationships. But you haven't been transformed so there's a possibility that something that you have buried could come back up doesn't mean you're a sinner it just means that you have been you've been stuck in change for so long that you haven't pushed for transformation but the word of the Lord is keep going tell yourself keep going some of you you have seen great change in 2019 but don't stop there don't stop because now you're getting a handle on things you prayed more than you in the last three months than you've ever prayed don't stop there that's a part of the change you're changing for the better but don't stop there because you're doing something you've never done before now you have to say God I'm changing but now let's marry change with transformation I don't just want to change no more I'm changed I'm changing the best that I can and I feel like I'm maxing out change but God take me to a point where I don't want any of this anymore take me to the point where I can walk past something past the situation past the old sinful, past old friends and don't even feel the urge to want to go back to a old lifestyle. That's, somebody said that's transformation. People stop progressing as soon as opposition arises. How do you know, how do you know that God is transforming you? You know it when opposition comes. What do you, how do you act and react when you go through a rough season? How do you act and react when, when you're doing everything but nothing's working? How do you act and react when, when you don't like the season you're in? Do you keep serving God? Do you keep serving in church? Are you looking for the... and this is what most people do. They blame people. See, I would do this but you if Sister Vanessa would have gave my plate first on Tuesday night, then I would like this church. (laughs) She didn't didn't give me the the, the piece of lasagna that had the cheese on it. I asked the one with the cheese on it. She gave me the other one. I don't like this. It it, it sounds crazy, but people use whatever they can to justify, watch this, the reason why they stop going and change the transformation and when you're already in opposition it seems like everything that hits you in opposition is another blow that is pushing you further and further away from transformation when the truth of the matter is that it is really showing you the real you Lord I'm preaching to them it's showing you the real you Not for you to be upset about it, but for you to be honest about it. The real you doesn't emerge during the season of blessings and miracles. Don't talk to me. That ain't the real you. That ain't the real you, you bucking. That ain't the real you. The real you shows up when everything in hell is coming against you. When you're getting hit by everything coming from hell. When not this supposed to be your month of blessings, but it looks like the month of failure. That's when something in you starts to come up. When it comes up, stop suppressing it. If it's already up, ain't no way for it to go but out if you don't push it down. <laughs> Anybody ever been sick to your stomach? It was like, you was like right here. Anybody been there before? some more y'all need to say amen because some of y'all used to be drinkers probably still are but yeah, anybody ever been that sick all right Ugh. you can taste at the back of your mouth like, like me i don't want to swallow that i'd rather just go ah, and just be done with it i don't i the one of the worst feelings in the world is when you feel like you have to vomit, but it ain't nothing coming up, yes. but your stomach and everything you smell, you just feel like. Ugh. Yes. <sighs> Anybody been there before? Yes. This is what we do. We live in that state. In the spirit, we live in that state continuously, because we don't let what's in us come out. So what we try to do is we keep trying to. Okay. <sighs> but you're still sick yeah. it's still in you yes. the re- and, and then you're going to have to go through another trial <laughs> so that it can be pulled back up oh, okay. oh lord <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that, that the church needs to tell you you're not crazy you're not, going, you're, not, you're not going through a crazy season the stuff that's in you God's trying to take it out of you because underneath all of that is the real you Underneath all the aggravation is the real you. Okay, so so I'm going to be transparent. This morning, we're we coming to church, and everything is aggravating me. My kids are doing stuff. Like, Br- Bryce runs outside with no shoes on. I said, where are your shoes at? <laughs> I'm, I do not bring no, boy. <sighs> I'm just aggravated. I don't know. I'm just aggravating. I'm like, what is, I'm aggravated. this one. Aggravating. I'm just aggravating. Everything's aggravating me. Then the next one. I ain't got no coat. Go inside and get a coat. I'm just aggravated. It's mean, not a regular aggravation. This is not, y'all understand what I'm saying? It's not like, because any other time, go get that coat. Come on, we got to get out. On, we, I'm not going to be late for y'all. I'll leave y'all. My family know I'll leave them. I'll be, God bless y'all. Find your way. I'll leave all of them. I'll be like, look, y'all ain't ready. It's going to take y'all a minute. I'll see y'all at church. Maybe I won't. God bless y'all. Heaven tell you, my kids anybody here? I'll leave all of them. Everybody, I'll leave everybody. I'll go, you ain't ready? You're not ready? It's time for church. I'm not gonna be late. I can be late to work. I can be late to the store, be late to every other appointment, but I'm not gonna be late to God's house. Y'all don't like that of stuff. If I if, if commitment's gonna start anywhere, it's gonna start with me and God. I'm not gonna be on time for work every day and then be late to church every Sunday in the whole year. Anyway, so I would just aggravate it. I'm aggravated, 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 aggravated. I'm aggravated, 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 like everything. And it seems like when the process starts, everything that everybody does just aggravates you more. You know, actually, you know what I'm talking right? It's like the moment you open the door to it, the moment it starts happening, it seems like you might as well get ready because it's going to be on a roll. I'm like one thing after the other, one thing after the other. And I'm like, I'm in the car praying. I'm like, oh, Lord, come I'm praying in the spirit on my son, like, well, why am I so aggravated? Why am I so aggravated? Right? And 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 I'm telling you, no lie, the Holy Spirit said to me, You're aggravated because your birthday's coming. <laughs> I'm like, that ain't no reason to be <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> and then and then the Holy Spirit said this. The Holy Spirit said this. You need to resolve. That your father never was there for any of your birthdays. Mm. Ooh, yeah. I said, got it. Yeah. Your mama gave you birthday parties. Yeah, birthday parties for your families. Your father didn't attend. He didn't never celebrated one of your birthdays that you can remember. And the Holy Spirit said this to me today. So we're driving in the car, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm going through forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to church, yeah. I forgive my dad. for not being at one of my, I'm 44, going to 45. There has not been one birthday since I've been alive that I've heard him say happy birthday to me. Not one, and he's been living until this year. I haven't heard once, once, happy birthday, son, love you. Not once, not once, not once, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm driving to church and I'm wondering, see, when stuff starts happening and we haven't gone through transformation in that area, what we don't do is ask Holy Spirit what's going on. What we do is we try to play doctor and psychologist. And we we want to attach this to something else. This is because so and so and so. And you can be all the way off. That's why the Bible said the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> He's not going to lie to you. So I had to I had to come to grips with the fact that I have never—I had a father that lived my entire life but never told me happy birthday and he loved me and I'm coming up on another birthday in a week or so and I had to forgive a father that's not here so that I can stop being aggravated in this season. Got to the church and started coughing. (coughs) What's going on? I said, I'm going through deliverance. Hallelujah. Just that quick. Just that quick. Don't have to be eight years. This is transformation we're talking about. So y'all like when the preacher gets real. This is the kind of stuff that we have to be honest about. I don't care how many tongues you speak in. I don't care how many people you pray for and they get healed. The issue is we have too many people who operate in giftings but don't deal with their own life. Pray for all of y'all. Your mental well-being and my mental well-being is shot. That's why you got pastors committing suicide, jumping out of windows and shooting themselves. Why? Because I can I can give everything I have to you, but never get nothing for myself. And one of the hardest things for people who are givers to do is to have self-care. We're quiet. Okay. So watch, you ha- this is why you got to keep going. Because have I gone through change in this area? Yes. Have I forgiven in the past? Yes. Have I seen a level of transformation in this area? Yes. But for what I experienced today, it was, not, it was not even touched. So what I realize about this is, I, today I just, I just took a layer off. Because you really can't deal with something like that in a day. Yeah. We don't like to hear that kind of stuff. Y'all don't. Yeah. You can't deal with this kind of stuff in one sitting with the Holy Ghost. Because it's much deeper than this is just going to open up the next layer of things. Yeah. That I didn't get and didn't receive and, and suppressed. Yeah. Yes. Because I was busy doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Y'all, quiet. Y'all don't like to hear that kind of stuff. Now listen, if that's my life, I don't go through a whole lot of deliverance. (laughs) Forget y'all, y'all understand the rest. So you you can be great in anointings and giftings and callings. But after that's finished, you're going to have to deal with stuff inside of you that needs change and transformation. And if we're not, if we're not, um, if we're not careful, the enemy will make us believe that we're okay because of the people we're helping. But the more people I help, the better I'm becoming. Hear me! You can't live your deliverance through somebody else's deliverance. The same way a parent can't live their dreams through their child. I didn't play basketball. I didn't forfeited the scholarship so now I'm going to make my sons get a scholarship and a bas- play basketball and they don't even want to play basketball. What I'm doing is I'm making them live my dream and I'm messing their life up because I didn't do it myself. Instead of coming to grips with the reality that I missed it. I, uh, okay, maybe that's too much. Okay. And a lot of Christians do that. I'm going to spend my time helping you bringing you out of this because the more you come out the better I feel about how deep I am in my stuff like my track record is the thing that's going to heal me and it doesn't you can get 45,000 million people saved and be, be the saddest person in the world it brings heaven glory it brings you fulfillment for the moment but they're going to live their life with Jesus, right. and you're going to have to go home and look in the mirror at yourself. Yes. Yes. I, that's true. Too... Yeah. And a lot of us have been hoodwinked because we we try to heal ourselves through church service, through the giftings. The Lord told me to tell you, and I'm oh, that was so on, that was so Jesus. You're like, mm-hmm. I know. I spend time with him. I know, I know. I know. But on the inside, there's so many voids. There's so there's questions. There's aggravation. There's hurt. There's pain. There's a there's misery. There's deliverance that's needed. And although he got free because of a word, have you all ever heard that before? Like the the, the, the person who the person who, who, who's given the word many times, needs the word. That's what we got the pastor talking about he needs to go on a rest. He feels far away from God. He feels far away from God because we can, we can, cloud, we can cloud our stuff behind helping everybody else. And it's not just pastors. It's anybody who sees a void and feels like God's called them to help. Eventually, you're going to have to deal with yourself. And you can't stop because you dealt with yourself For a couple of months and things are getting better Somebody say I have to keep going In Exodus 14 Go there, go there. Exodus 14 Pharaoh Has let Israel go But he's had a change of heart Pharaoh's like look I didn't let go all the help The forced help, I let them all go He's coming after them The Bible says in Exodus 14 With 600 Choice chariots. He got the best warriors. He said, we're going, we're going, to, get we're going to get Israel back. We're going, we're going to get them. I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I, what was going on. What he doesn't realize is God hardened his heart so that because it would bring him to his own demise. God has a plan for the enemy. Whew, we're closing the year off but somebody said God has a plan for the enemy. Watch this. Look, look at verse 8 of Exodus 14 and 8. And the Lord, the Lord, look at what happened The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt And he pursued after the children of Israel Now look at that The Lord hardened his heart The Lord messed with his mind The Lord turned, excuse me, turned his mind So that he would hate once again Israel The Lord pulled up a little bit and he let him go then the Lord hardened his heart again. Dealt with his mind. He started asking, why do we let him go? I don't know. You said to do it, King. uh uh-uh, uh We ain't doing that. We're going after them, Jokers. We want them back. What he was doing was sealing his own fate. And somebody said, God was in the back. God was in the mix. Now watch, watch. He hardened the heart of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued. This is what the hard heart made him do. He pursued after Israel. Stop right there. When, when it seems like everything is coming after you, what you don't realize is God is really trying to set up the enemy. Yeah. Pharaoh, his heart is hardened not by a circumstance, not by the court jesters, not by his assistance. His heart is hardened by God. And what is the result of his hardened heart that God made hard? I'm going after them. So he starts with 600 chariots pursuing God's people. We would say, God, let this stop when you don't realize it's part of the plan. It's part of the plan because God's trying to do something with your enemy. Somebody says part of the plan. All right, let's, let's read. And the children of Israel went out on with a uh, high hand. And when Pharaoh drew Nile, got close to them, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. They looked up and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were so afraid. So look at the, look at the picture. They're running. They turn around and see chariots, horses, and men on foot behind them. Now you know For them to have left the day before and then to turn around and we, we, God, look at what God did. imagine you and your your partner actually look what God did, he did that and you turn around and be like, how did I get there so quick? How did the enemy get from the palace to on their heels so quick? God allowed it. I believe God allowed the speed of the enemy to increase. So Israel turns around and sees the enemy, and the Bible says they were sore afraid. It wasn't just afraid; they were sore afraid. That means that means they were terrified. Watch this, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They, now look, they didn't cry out to Moses, the pastor. They cried out to the Lord. They was afraid. They cried out to the Lord. Watch this, and now look at the picture. The church cries up to God. God don't answer them. Look what happens. Then they said to Moses, because there was no graves in Egypt, you've taken us to die in this wilderness. Wherefore, you've dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Watch this, verse 12. Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt? In other words, when you came and got us, didn't we tell you, leave us alone so we can serve these Egyptians? said it would have been better for us to serve them than to die right here. When you have not gone through transformation, the things you say make no sense. Because you're talking from a carnal place. A transformed mind is not a calculated mind. A transformed mind is a mind that has been totally shifted from carnal to spiritual. So when a spiritual person speaks, they don't speak while we look not at the things which are seen. So if if they would have had spiritual minds, what they would have said is, Moses, God must be up to something. Do we run or do we stand still? That would have been a transformed mind and a mouth that spoke. What they said was, we told you meaning they were carnal back then. (laughs) They were carnal, hear this, they were carnal when their parents came out. Their mamas and daddies died being carnal. They picked up the carnal mantle. Now they said, we, they weren't even old enough. We told you, leave us. Back there in Egypt, we don't want to die like this. Anybody been there before? I don't want to die like this, God. Just please, just don't let me die like this. Don't let me die like this, please. <laughs> Maybe in a minute. They said it would have been better for us to stay slaves and die like this. Now, look, watch this, watch this, watch this. And Moses said to the people, verse 13, fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. They gave them three directions fear not, stand still. And see, salvation of the Lord. He's going to show it to you today. For the Egyptians who you see right now, you're not going to see them again forever. Because the Lord is going to fight for you. And you'll hold your peace. In other words, be quiet. (laughs) Shut your mouths. Stop being afraid. Don't run in defeat. Watch what God's going to do. Somebody say, watch what God's going to do. Watch this. He says, um, and the Lord said to Moses, Now, who's prayed? <laughs> Have anybody heard anybody praying? Don't the, watch this. this Moses is just having correcting him. Then the Lord says to Moses, Come here, Moses. Yes, God. Why are you crying unto me? Why are you crying to me? Have you seen Moses crying? Has Moses cried to God about the children of Israel? No. Who was crying? Israel was crying, right? But watch this. How did God respond to Israel's cry? He went to the leader and said, why you? So everything y'all do, I got to give an account for. All the stuff you complaining about in prayer, God comes to me and says, why are you complaining? I said, God ain't complaining. So then he says, you're complaining because when they join that church, they ain't just joining. Come on. They they are connected to a leader and there's a marriage that takes place. Y'all don't even understand this. There's a marriage that takes place. You ain't just coming up to no front and we say, we're glad you're here. When I lay my hand on you, there's a connection between the leader and the people. And what the people go through, the leader has to answer for that's why the Bible said that the job of a pastor is to watch for your soul but he goes on to say this he says you gotta make sure that when you're acting you don't act crazy because it wouldn't be good for me to bring an evil report about you to him why because it's a marriage it's a marriage your non transformed mind and actions reflect on what God is trying to pull me into doing and if God says growth, but you say, I don't want to be faithful, it messes up the plan. And now I got to go to God and give it to God. Look, your people. My job is not to argue with you. My job is not to argue with you. My job is not to come and listen. My job is to go, because He says, it would not be fruitful for you, for me to come to Him with an evil report about you. Because then it's going to mess up the relationship. All right. He's, now look, he says to Moses, why are you crying to me? He says, speak to the children of Israel. I just did that. I just told them, watch what you're going to do. That's what Moses, think about it. Moses told him, stop crying. Stop fearing. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptians you see, you're not, he just told them God's going to take care of the enemy. And then God says to him, why are you crying? Oh, Lord. <laughs> tell the children, speak to them and tell them to go forward. Tell them, everybody say, go forward. Go forward. Say, keep going. keep going. He said, tell them to go forward. He says, but this is what I want you to do. Lift up your rod. Stretch it over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. There's, there's a story that was told. I'm almost done. There's a story that, that's that's told of a young man who went away to college, started getting book smarts, started dealing with anthropology and things like that, and he's, he he comes and says to his grandmother, "I I finally learned something about this Moses thing." She's like, "What?" She said, "He said um." Do you know that that uh, scientists are saying that 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 it was only around about a foot and a half of water that Moses and them walked through on dry ground, and it was a we talk we talk about water walls. It was a foot and a half of water, a foot and a half of water, just a little bit of water. And she the grandma starts dancing and shouting, "Oh God, Lord, it's a foot in the water, a foot and a half of water." And she, the grandmother starts praising God. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hi. He goes, Grandma, Grandma, what are, you, what are you praising God about? What is going on? She said, if God could drown Pharaoh, his army, and all of them horses in a foot and a half of water, he's a mighty God. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. A transformed mind couldn't see little bit of water was about to kill enemies and when he gave them the instruction and says to Moses stretch out your rod over the sea and divide it the children of Israel are going to go through through on dry ground and I'm going to take care of the enemy they couldn't fathom that God was going to kill their enemies with a little bit of water an unrenewed mind a mind that has not been transformed can't see the full plan Alright, I'll leave that alone. You can't get get far with change but when difficulties hit you always will have in change have the urge to murmur and complain and be aggravated. And when you don't follow through into transformation, you can't go through a process with joy. 2020, we're going to go through transformation now because in 2020 everything we go through, we're going to have to go through it with joy. You want to come out of it, you're gonna to have to go through it with joy. Yeah. All right, number two. Number two. What do you what, 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 what do you do uh, to, to and how how do you how do you really know uh, that transformation is here and how do you bring forth that transformation? Stay in worship. Stay in worship, stay in worship, stay in worship. Isaiah 26 and 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Listen to this in the New Life Version. You will keep the man in perfect peace whose mind is kept on you because he trusts in you, God. Oh. It says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is a rock that lasts forever listen to this worship if you learn how to stay in worship you'll move into transformation because one of the hardest things is keeping your mind right in the midst of change i'm changing i'm saying no to this stuff but the fight in the mind will always be this is for naught you ain't gonna see nothing happen out of this ain't nothing ain't nothing gonna come out of this that's when you're going to have to learn how to lift up your hands and go, we did a whole worship series. You're going to have to learn how to worship God through stuff. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? You're with me. When you start worshiping, God shows up. My God, and as we close this year out, don't close a year out without worshiping. Don't close a year out without telling God how much you need him, without understanding his worth to you. Because when you do that, you're going to recognize how close he really is to you some people feel like they're far away from God because they don't worship enough but when you start worshiping God and you can worship God through a song you can worship God through reading his word you can worship God through giving you can worship God through walking and seeing nature you can worship Him. what are you doing Lord I see your worth in all that I'm doing and when you see his worth what happens is your heart opens up to him because if you can do this and you can do that and if you can do this in nature and if you can do this in my family then there's nothing too hard for you. Touch somebody next to you and tell him there's nothing too hard for God. Come on, tell somebody there's nothing too hard for him. The Bible says that he'll keep you. Yeah. Yeah. Notice this. He'll keep you in perfect peace. We always say he keeps your mind in perfect peace. He didn't say that. He said he's gonna keep you in shalom. He's no, he's going to keep you in shalom. Because of what you do with your mind. When your mind has stayed on him through worship, he keeps you in shalom. He keeps you in a place where it don't matter what's happening, I'm not going to bow. It don't matter how crazy it looks, God's up to something big. Every time people ask you, how are you making it do this, you say, I'm worshiping my way out. How, how, how are you going through that and you haven't you haven't gone crazy because I, my mind is not on this my mind is on him so it don't matter where I'm at what I'm doing it could be the, the, the worst season of my life according to what man says but when I stand worship it becomes a place of peace if you want to step into peace worship him keep your mind stayed on him he says watch this the only way you'll do this is when you learn how to trust in him When you trust in him, your mind automatically gets stayed on him. It's permanently fixed on him. And then he keeps you in perfect peace. Watch. He says, uh, the NOV version says, For the Lord God is a rock that lasts forever. He's a rock that lasts forever. Say a rock. He's a rock, not a pebble, that thing we throw in, in the water. See it, see it. He's a rock, a stone, a boulder that never breaks. So when when life, when the enemy uses life to throw stuff at you, hide behind the rock. 2020 is not gonna be the year where you washed up, feel like you can't make it. I'm just barely making it up. No. You are you out there getting hit. You have not kept your mind. <laughs> Alright, uh, let me get the next one because I, I, I don't have time. Um how do you how do you how do you bring transformation? How, and how, how do you how do you cause transformation to come? How do you bring it about? What was the first thing I said? Keep going with the second thing? All right, next thing. Acquire the right information. Acquire the right information. It's very easy when your mind has not been renewed to gather the wrong information to come to a horrible conclusion. It's very easy for your mind to gather the wrong information when your mind has not been renewed. You haven't gone through transformation. It's very easy to acquire the wrong information about anything, anybody, anything, any situation. You will never see things correctly when your mind isn't renewed because your eyes are gonna see the worst things. So how do you acquire the right information? You got to read the word. Read the word, study the word. Question is, all year long, what kind of information have you been receiving? What kind of information have you been standing on? What have you deemed to be the solution to the problems you're going through? I'll just do this. where did you get the information to do that? It could have, it, that information could have come from a faulty source. Just because mama said it, dad said it, great grandma said it, don't mean that it's true. Because what if their information was wrong? You're going to have to learn how to get in this book and weigh everything by the scripture. Weigh it by the scripture. If it's not in the book, I can't stand on it. Oh, Lord. I said, if it's not in the book, I can't stand on it. That's the way I live. Say whatever you want, let me write that down. I'll get back to you. Because if, if it don't match the book, and you, you just gave me a point of bad information. It sounded wonderful. You used big words. You, sound, you, were, you didn't flinch, you knew what you was talking about. You had it down. But you could have learned your information got it from the wrong source. The only source that will never change is the Bible. All right, I'll leave that long. All right, so, so, so you got to acquire information. Second, uh, was it, number four, five, four? Then you got to process it, process the information. What is that? Meditation on the word. This is how transformation, this is how, this is how you speed transformation up. Acquire, acquire information, that's read the word. Then you got to process the information, that's meditation on the word. Study of the word. That's for serious Christians. Because nobody, people hear the word here, they like, oh, that was a word, but they don't take it further. They don't go home and start studying it. We're talking about transformation. You should be studying transformation. How how, all the stuff we're given, take it home, read it, find it in the word, get it. Make it a part of your life. All right. Um, Next thing you do to speed up um, transformation is you got to obtain revelation. Obtain revelation. Now, now people say, how do you get revelation? First of all, you got to know what revelation is. Revelation is information that can only come from the spirit of God. Information that can only come from the Spirit of God. Revelation is not me trying to make something sound deep. Right, right, right. That's it. You got a lot of people, like you haven't heard of deep preaching, you'd be like, what in the world are you saying? Because And they just like, that's revelation. It ain't no revelation. That's stupidity, because I don't know what you're saying. Right. I can't follow a word you're saying. And the stuconda kind of, of the word, you're like, what does that mean? Is that tongues, or is that a, a big word? Like, I got to I got to pull out a dictionary to hear you preach. And people call that revelation. That's not revelation. Revelation is, what I say it is, it is information that can only come from the spirit of God. Revelation comes by the Holy Spirit illuminating information. So you got to have the information. You have to have it. You got to have you got to read the word, you got to know the word. Then you got to process it. Meditation. When you start meditating on the word, it leads you to revelation. Because the Holy Ghost, the more you start meditating on the word and start chewing on that, and, and, and it don't have to be 15 verses. It could be one verse. The more you stay on that verse and start thinking about it and the Holy Spirit to open up your mind and understanding to that, revelation will open up. I preached one verse one time for like one verse. I've done it this year. One verse for around about 12 weeks. Because that, that comes through, it don't come through study. Right, right. Study helps because you need the information. Right, right. But it comes from revelation. The Holy Ghost has to open up every and, right. every the, yeah. every thus. it op- The Holy Ghost unlocks it yeah. and opens it up and partners it with another whole scripture and opens it up over here. And before you know you have an explosion right. of word. Right, Most people in their, in their private time don't experience that. So their Bible, their Bible time is very small because there's never anything that pulls them in. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's like, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, earth, darkness, darkness, and Then I said, let there be light. And there was light. Right, I read something for the day. Yeah. And that's the extent of our Bible reading. Right. Or I'm on a plan. I ain't got nothing against your reading plan. I really don't. You're going to read the Bible in 365 days? Do that. But but what I am going to say to you is this. God wants to take you deeper than your reading plan. Read the whole Bible. Get it in your system. But God wants to take you deeper than your 365 reading plan. He wants to unlock his word to you until you have an encounter with him through the word. See, I get excited about this kind of stuff. Don't talk to me about the Bible and the Word and stuff because you, you, you'll get a whole three hours out of me. Be like, Bishop, I got to go. No, let me say this last thing. <laughs> talk about movies. I'll be like, yeah, you know, that was a good movie. But we you start talking about the Word and the Bible, oh, you're going to unlock something in me because you will have encounters with the Lord Jesus yeah. if you can get in this Word because He is the Word. Yeah. How do I get to know Jesus? You got to get in the Word. You got to get in the Word. You got to get in the book. Once you get in the Word, And and you you start acquiring that information. You start reading it first. Don't stop because it gets boring. Watch this. Don't even stop because you don't understand it. Because the Bible said the letter killer but the Spirit makes it come alive. The more you start reading, is the more your Spirit starts to start moving. And when the Spirit of God starts moving, the Spirit starts illuminating it. It starts coming alive. Now you said, like, "Well, I read some like this in Romans." Let me flip over to Romans, and now you start. Now God starts allowing you to start see that there's more to it than just letters on a page. It starts to become your daily bread. You're at work. You ate already, but you "I'm hungry for something. I want something else other than this." It's the word what happens is your 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 belly has been filled with food but he wants to fill your belly with his word because from out of your belly he says it's going to flow rivers how are rivers going to flow out of you when the only thing you got on your belly is food rivers only flow when the word is in you and the holy ghost is in you and the word and the holy ghost mix remember the, the job of the holy ghost is to point you to jesus that's why when you start reading the word, the Holy Ghost in you starts leaping. Remember Mary and Elizabeth, they got together? John the Baptist is in Elizabeth, Jesus is in Mary, and they get together and the babies start leaping. The Holy Ghost starts filling them in the womb. Why? When you start reading the word, Jesus the word with Jesus the Holy Ghost starts to leap in the word and you starts leaping, why? Because it shows that the word is quick, yeah. alive, and active. We don't even use the word for stuff no more. You sickened them. I, I gotta. Go, I, I got I'm gonna go to the hospital. You ain't even prayed once. You ain't prayed. You ain't put the word on it. He was wounded. Hiya. For my trans. I, I'm boring y'all. Let me. Let me close. See. I'm, I'm old school i might be new school in, in this, but i'm old school to my to the core of who i am because they put the word on everything i grew up in a time where they were like you, what's wrong your head hurting in the name of jesus lord heal him i mean they hit you with the bible oh, what's the matter with your stomach, you got your stomach. lord heal him heal it's hurting more lady you get, i'm gonna throw up on you lady. Oh, that's just god he purged you you're gonna, you're gonna get purged oh god i mean they used to whip us with the bible but I tell you this it was power in it there was power in that stuff we don't see that kind of signs and wonders today because we don't our foundation ain't this our foundation is how can we get the power without the word how can we get the power without the word but I came up at a time where they said whatever you need is in the word if you can find it in the word and it's a promise to you every promise of God is yes and amen and it don't matter what happens. If the Bible says it, you stand on that until God does it. Now, now we don't do that no more. Let me give you the last one. So, obtain revelation. How can you move in? and I'm going to close with this. How can you move into transformation quickly? Last one, praise. I don't, know, I don't know how it happens, but when you become a praiser and you praise in spite of everything, while you're changing God unlocks transformation like I've never seen before he starts, a, he starts to take you through the process of erasing stuff off of you I don't know how this happens but, but praisers see all kind of unusual miracles Paul and Silas begin to sing worship and praise at midnight and the Bible said bands were loosed an earthquake hit how does an earthquake hit and ain't nobody hurt but the Bible said every jail cell opened up. Everybody that was in prison and had cuffs on them, the cuffs fell off of them, mm-hmm. and the jail doors opened up. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's a supernatural feat. That's mm-hmm. something that you can't do. How are you gonna open up everybody's door in the prison at one time and take everybody's shackles off at one time? You can't do that. But if you worship and you learn how to praise, yeah. it will, watch I saying it's unusual unusual thing. That's what God said about us in 2020. I know every church is saying that 2020 is a year of vision but God said 2020 is going to be the year of the unusual church for us. It's going to be the year of the unusual. We're going to see prison doors opened up gonna see bands cut off of people we're gonna see shackles fall off of people and you ain't gonna have to pray long either you're just gonna watch this cuz when you're a praiser and you're a worshiper the power precedes you and before you walk in a place the power of praise goes in before you before you get home the power of praise opens the door and goes into your house while you're in your room praising God the angels come and cover your children some of y'all don't even get this but God told me I tell you, if you want to see transformation and the unusual, become a praiser. Why does the enemy? Why does the enemy stop praise? Why doesn't he want you to praise? Why is it that when you're doing anything else, you can be okay, but when it comes time to praise, people start feeling self-conscious? Why is it when it's time to praise, and I don't want to look at me crazy? I don't want to look at me like I don't. No, see, we're missing the unusual factor. We're missing the unusual we're missing God doing signs and wonders the apostles were praisers and this generation doesn't know what praise looks like I'm about the other I made it my business I will not I love y'all but I will not have children that don't know what praise looks like. We praise in my house. But <laughs> I tell my children, there's gonna be some things I won't be able to do for you. There's gonna be some things my money won't be able to buy you. There's gonna be some times you're gonna be away at school and you ain't gonna be able to get me on the phone. But if you're gonna learn how to worship God, if you learn how to get a worship place, if you can find a secret closet, if you can learn how to praise God, you might have to walk outside on the grounds of the school and just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. You may have to skip people say, Yeah exercising, yes, but you know you're praising. You will see things happen for you that don't happen for nobody else. Unusual favor has unlocked for me because I learned how to praise God. God will take me from places. I've been in a place where people have said, watch what God's about to do. We sit in the Walmart, watch what God's about to do. Hey, I know you're like the back of the line, and there's 55 people in front of you. Follow me. Shh. Praise opens up unusual doors. Yes, yes. Remember this. Look at, look at this. Paul and Silas were locked in a prison. When they start praising and worshiping God, the prison door opens. It freed them to do whatever they needed to do. And you know what they needed to do? Get everybody saved. God never oh, Lord. He never opens up the unusual for you just to have a testimony that the the chains fell off, everybody's everybody's, uh, jail cell opened up. He does the unusual for you so that you can do do the unusual for him. Paul and Silas, the doors open up, they start going cell to cell getting everybody saved. (laughs) They're not worried about getting caught. They worried about they're they not worried about getting shot they worry about what the jailer even thinks about them because they, they what they, what they realize is that remember a transformed mind what they realize is that the door opened for us to do something for god <laughs> I'm, of y'all. I'm trying to hold this thing in. The doors don't open for you for you to hoard the miracle to yourself. The door opens for you so that you can open the door for everybody else. So God could have just opened up their doors because they prayed for themselves. But God said, no, no, no. I'm going to show you how the unusual works. I'm going to open up everybody's doors. I'm going to let everybody's band get loose because everybody needs to be saved. And then here comes the jailer coming out. What's going on? He going Now, Now the, here comes I'm going to kill everybody. Paul and Salah said, right, now look at the order of God. Transformation brings order. Write it down. I'm done. I'm done. Transformation brings order. Look at this. Tra- say, say that. Transformation brings order. I preach way past my time. Come on, say it please. I'll talk it in. Transformation brings order. The jailer comes out about to have a fit. Peter says, listen. And Paul says, listen. We're all here. (laughs) We're all here. Nobody's left. You don't have, you don't, you yourself don't have to get killed because you've lost prisoners. Why would God free us to kill you? If he said, I wish that everybody would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. God ain't going to free you to kill your neighbor. He freed them to save everybody. Watch this.